I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, thinking about in-person meetups and connections and groups and, you know, doing what we do in real time. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 349, Meetup. And that was, I think, a super energetic and excited intro line, right? It all sounds chipper, but I don't necessarily think this is such a chipper thing. I wish it was. I wish it was. I wish that I had these groups and it was all so excitable and chipper, but I don't actually end up on the side of this equation where that would be true. But I kind of want to talk about some of those things today because I have a book. So I'll tell you from the get-go that it is a book show. But before the book, there was a week, you know, another week. Every day I get up and I think, okay, here we go. Another day, another day, another day. Not sure this is the best perspective on life, but another day. And I oftentimes follow that with same as yesterday. So another week, another week. I sat in the car on Wednesday, on Wednesday morning, and I did a quick recording for some of you. And I was thinking about the slivers of time that we sometimes have unexpectedly and how we do or don't use them well or how we do or don't use them creatively, and why. And how it sometimes makes a difference what time of day those little nuggets of time appear. Sometimes when they appear in the morning, you use them differently or hesitate to use them differently than if they appear in the afternoon. So I was thinking about that. I spent a good bit of time this week thinking about a group challenge and how it might work, a really small one, really targeted and really focused. Yeah, I spent time thinking about it and almost reaching out and inviting someone to do something like that with me. Almost, but not quite. Not quite. I compiled a list of TED Talks that I am going to use as a cornerstone for that idea. And what I finally realized is, even if I don't reach out, even if I don't do this with anyone else, I think I have an idea for a self-project. And that is a good thing. I bought a pack of pudding to make the cake again. That was so good last week. And by the way, thank you to those of you who knew and heard. And I winked the secret word, the secret sauce. It was really sweet. It actually really surprised me, and I really do appreciate it. So those of you who saw that word pop up and knew what it meant, high fives all around. Because I really appreciate knowing that, for whatever reason, you're willing to hear me out all the way to the end. So thank you. I've pondered this week the visible changes that go along with 10 years. I've been thinking a lot about 10 years 10 and a half years, actually. And no, that's not the age of the podcast. The podcast is older than that. 
but 10 years. Thinking about who I was 10 and a half years ago, who I was and what I looked like 10 and a half years ago when I started at the company that I work for, how different I look now, how different I look now, and how much weight has been lost and gained and lost and gained again in 10 years. 10 years. It sounds like a blink and it feels like a long time and I go back and forth. And yet when I think about all of that change in 10 years, it's an awful lot crammed into 10 years. And I look like I've aged 30 years at least. That's pretty much where I'm at right now. And yes, there have been life changes in those years. They can be summarized in just a few words or a few sentences, and yet they sure are bigger than the sum of those words. Profound. Profound. A lot of change happens in 10 years. I've flipped through books this week and gotten ready to take at least one back, thinking it's not my cup of tea, and then seeing a page and thinking, oh, but someone else needs to see that. You should see that, or you should see that, or I need to mention just this one person to that person. There are things to share with some of you, pages and approaches that I think would inspire some of you individually. I listened to a really wonderful set of Enneagram shows with Amy Grant on my drive to my meeting this week, and I really enjoyed those. I really enjoyed those. Those two episodes of Typology, and they were fascinating to listen to. They were incredibly clarifying to me, but I also really just enjoyed listening to their voices. I was really fascinated listening to this set of shows with Amy Grant. I listened to several hours of Beartown this week, which I'm definitely enjoying. I have pondered paper and I'm finally keying into some differences in gram weight. It's kind of crazy of the two papers I'm using. It's been really interesting. Paper is just that endless kind of process for some of us. I have lost and found pens this week and then somehow really lost one, which is definitely bothering me. Lost the one I was actually using, the one that I had filled with a new color. So in that way, I then ended up with another new color and went back and forth with the old color. And so my color system is a little bit all out of whack. But hopefully this other pen will turn up. And I almost told a colleague just yesterday, hey, check this. With this being my Instagram feed. Almost. I almost did. And then I didn't. There are these two different parts of my reality, and they do not meet. And I think that causes a lot of, a lot of problem just within me. It just within me. And as this week drew towards the weekend, I thought more than once about the sketch group that I know meets on Saturdays. I have been following them for a while, and they seem really nice. 
They really do. They're really dedicated. They're organized. They show up. They do the work. And from what I can tell, 90% of the time they meet up in coffee shops in the area. They look friendly. They seem happy. So I keep watching this group and I just keep wanting to go, to show up, wanting to be the kind of person who can just go and show up and say, hi, I've seen about your group. I think it seems really cool. I'd like to do this. Or, hi, I've seen your group, and I thought I'd sit and draw today with you. I would really like to be anywhere in proximity of being one of those kinds of people. This weekend, they were meeting in an outdoor space at a playground of some form, one I've never heard of. And I considered many times going and wandering the area just to see them in person, just to get an outsider look, even if I didn't own up to the fact that I might really like to be sitting there and drawing too. That I'm recording this show right now, it means I didn't go. I didn't take the leap. I really considered it. I really considered it. I'm getting closer. Maybe. I'm getting closer. Finding groups. Finding groups. Meeting people. Making friends. Making connections in the real world. These things have been on my mind a good deal in recent weeks. These are always things that I mull over and tug at and tease at in my awareness and try and figure out because basically I suck at all of these things. But recent weeks, these things have been incredibly on my mind, really front and center. Something happened that really brought home again, this is not new awareness, but really brought home again, shine this bright light on the fact that I don't have real world connections. And some of you don't have creative connections, but you have plenty of real world connections. And I've really, really been spending a lot of time figuring out what to do about that. Doing a lot of thinking, not a lot of getting up and actually taking steps, but it's definitely on my mind. And I've read books in these weeks that tell me how easy it should be so easy. You just decide and you just do it. It's that easy. And I took that book back. In these weeks, I've researched and I've hunted and I've scoured, trying to find something, something, some way, some group, some little thing that would put me in proximity to others. And specifically to others that I might have creative kinship or creative similarities, creative ground with, to people I don't know, to possibility. And as I think about this, and as I talk about it on this show, I am careful. You probably don't think I am, but I'm careful not to say too much, not to get too melodramatic or too revealing. 
definitely don't need to be too vulnerable. I'm careful. I'm guarding what I say. How much? There's this tug of war for many of us between our wishes and our wants and our needs and our isolation, our loneliness, whatever it might be, and the walls and cloaks and layers that we keep in place. That is a real tug of war for some of us. I've been looking. And I know that in the CMP group, there are a few of you that I feel sure that I could meet with in person. If we all lived in the same area, I feel sure we could meet. There are a few of you. I really think I could know that you could know me, that we could get together and probably draw or do urban sketching or have a cup of coffee and work in our planners and pass time. The me of 10 years ago is the one that needs to be able to go to groups. Making connections in the real world is more and more important. It seems more and more important. It doesn't mean it's easy. Well-intended people send me articles about the health benefits of meeting up with friends once a week or more. And I look at these things and all I can do is give a thumbs up in return because it isn't that easy. The whole premise begs the question, you have to have something in place first, chicken and egg. So the book I have this week is a really nice fit for this line of thought. It fits into that, it begs the question moment, because the book presupposes that you do already have these people. You have your person. You have your person or two or three. You have a couple of people. So accepting that, accepting that that's the premise from the get-go. I love this book. I love this book for the idea of it and the visual of it. It felt sort of like being at the zoo. And as soon as I thought that, I tried to figure out why I kept coming up with zoo. But I kept thinking, it's like being at the zoo. Like looking through the bars at something that is beyond reach. Or going to a museum, maybe, and seeing something behind a glass window. An installation that you can look at and ooh at, and admire, but you can't touch. You can't join in. You can just look. Someday these installations, they'll be holographic, and they will spin and shimmer in front of us, and we can reach out and rotate them, turn them around with a curious finger. We'll still be on the outside of it. So the book I have this week is about the whole idea of a creative get-together, and not just once a year, not a retreat, and not just, you know, once or twice a year, but a routine thing and an in-person thing that's important in the context of this book, a weekly or repeating event, a group, kind of like a club. And if I made a list of the kinds of get-togethers that I know happen in those little glass displays kinds of ways, things I only know about in those ways, what would be on that list? So book clubs, and I have tried to find a book club. I haven't been able to find one that will work schedule-wise. And mom's groups, especially for parents of babies and toddlers. But even back when I fit that, I was still on the outside of these zoo displays. Walking groups or running clubs and 
there's a lot of scheduling that goes along with those to really make that work. Mahjong groups, or maybe, you know, people who play cards, bridge, canasta, rook, something like that. Knitting groups, but that usually involves a store. Quilting groups, which is similar. And that's a short list. I'm sure there are bunches of other general thematic kinds of groups. That's a short list. And I'm probably overlooking things. But again, I tell myself this is a zoo. It's a zoo. This is the land of the exotic, the wild, the unattainable, the something on display that you just don't believe could really exist in real life. Zoo doesn't seem quite right. (laughs) It's going to be like a circus zoo, some kind of combination, because these are the things of curiosity, not just the things that are wild. So I'm kidding. The whole zoo thing, it's a stretch. But you know what I mean. These things that you could hold up as examples, but you can just look at them from afar. You can't ever really figure out how to get in the scene or how to do it yourself or how to create it or how to get it or how to breach the divide between you and it. So maybe I can only think of a short list of clubs for grown-ups because I really have no clue. I can't seem to find these fictitious groups for adults. And when I do find them, I can't figure out how you crack them. And even when there is an invitation there, I just don't seem to be able to make myself go. And then sometimes these things that I'm calling groups, these things are not really groups in size. Really, they're small clusters. They might just be three or four or five people. Three or four or five friends who get together on a regular basis and do something on a theme. In high school, kids often have a plethora of options for clubs and groups. At some schools, the whole lunch hour is devoted to clubs and you can Go to any club you want. It's a la carte. It's a beautiful cafeteria-style approach to social life. And at other schools, these things happen in the afternoons or in the mornings or during free periods. It all depends on the kind of school. So they have things like chess clubs and frisbee club, anime club or video game club. And those things rub shoulders with social issues, and save-the-world-inspired clubs. And, of course, not all kids realize how important those offerings are. That's a total hindsight kind of thing in a lot of ways. How important it can be to find your people, to sample and to dabble, and to put yourself in situations where you have to get comfortable saying, hi, I just thought I'd stop by and check this out, to somehow make connections with like-minded people Once you grow up, it gets harder, much harder. As life happens and unfolds, I think it not only gets harder, I think it might just be impossible for some. And that's just a horrible realization, a horrible thing to think and to believe. I have to say, no, I really don't think that. And yet I kind of do. Maybe it was always impossible. Maybe for some, it just will always be kind of like that. The whole idea will always be kind of like being at the zoo, looking through those glass windows. I definitely don't think it's going to get any easier with age. 
for some of us. For others, I know this is so simple for you. This is easy. It's hard to listen to people talk about it being hard because you just can't see why it's hard. We're all different. We have different personalities for sure. And we have different ways of being and ways of approaching other people and ways of interacting for sure. So I know that I'm talking to a subset here, but that's okay. The book I'm going to talk about is for all of us. So just have to stick it out with me. A few years back, I saw an article in a magazine about a wine club, a wine club that was set up similar to a book club, book club model, wine club theme. And it was an entire article on how to do this, how to do it, how to start one, how to hold the meanings, what to do. And I drew the picture from that article, which is partly probably why I remember it. At the time, I thought, wow, this is a zoo moment for sure. I couldn't fathom it on so many levels. And so I was really fascinated with this article. And I drew the picture of a hand holding a wine glass. And behind that, you could see the black and white polka dotted shirt that the person was wearing. It's a really cool photo in this magazine spread. And so I drew that on an index card. The article was interesting. And the idea was fun with its very zoo-like qualities. So the more I talk, the more I realize that today's book isn't really about a club in the way I was initially thinking of talking about it as a club. It's really not. It's too small to really be a group. Instead, this book stems from a group of friends, a trio, three friends. But such trios are often the basis of all kinds of groups. All kinds of the groups I've talked about so far often start with just two or three people who are interested in something. You think back to the Wednesday Sisters, the book, and that was a group of three or four women who got together to share their writing each week. Each week, each Wednesday. There's something about the routine of this kind of social thing that is also part of it. It underlines the whole concept and process. It's not sporadic. It's weekly or bi-weekly. Something you make time for, you can put on a calendar, you look forward to. It is something you do. Clockwork. So today's book is one you definitely want to see if your library has. It is called Ladies Drawing Night. Make Art, Get Inspired, Join the Party by Julia Rothman, Leah Gorin, and Rachel Cole with photography by Kate Edwards. And this is a really cool book to read and look through. The photography is wonderful in terms of capturing people and creativity both. The layout and storytelling in the book are very well done. I think it's a really, really nicely put together book. Visually, it's really inspiring. It's excellent to look at. And in terms of the writing and the tips, I like how they did it. I like how it's laid out. It's very readable. I actually really enjoyed reading through this book and reading about each of the kinds of drawing nights they talked about. So the three women are friends and they have a history of getting together once a week for a ladies drawing night. And they had been doing that for a few years at the time of this book. They are all artists with different kinds of careers, but they all have art backgrounds. And they meet up once a week for a ladies' drawing night. Quote, 
meeting in the evening with brushes, paint, and paper is a break from client work. All day we design, illustrate, and draw to pay the rent. These evenings together are free time, where we can make whatever we want without an editor or art director giving direction and feedback. We use these nights to experiment with different media, thicker brushes, nib pens, collage. We draw whatever we want, animals, fashion models, trains. It is relaxing and puts the fun back into an activity that has become a job. Plus, we talk. We discuss work, both our opportunities and our challenges, and what is happening in our personal lives. We became close. We support each other through stressful situations and often get up out of our seats to give a hug to someone having a bad day. Other times we are so engrossed in drawing that we can go for periods working in complete silence. The evenings are a kind of group therapy. We supply ourselves with plenty of wine and chocolate-based snacks to keep us going. Sometimes we invite other friends to join in, end quote. The book is not a chronicle of bits and pieces of their four years, so it's not a retrospective in that way. They clearly were doing something that really worked and they could see was really powerful and that they really enjoyed and really became a part of their week that they each look forward to. And so they formalized that a little bit to come up with the underpinnings of this book. So the book is a set of 10 ladies drawing night ideas or themes. And they did these 10 nights and then chronicled them for this book so that you can see these 10 different nights and how they played out for them, what they did, how they did it, what supplies they had, how it went, the kinds of things people said. And so you could take any of these 10 ideas that you found really interesting and replicate it with your own group, your own group of friends, or if you managed to start one or already in one with your own creative group or creative club. So for these nights, they went beyond just the three of them. They invited other people, usually two other people who were somehow related to the idea for the night. Maybe someone who works in that area or is known for work in that area or just two other artists or illustrators. They documented the night and then the book holds this night out as a model for a night that you can do. If invited, I would probably rather go to one of the informal nights where you just get together and you all do your own thing rather than to these themed nights. But that's just me. I think a lot of groups would love being able to use these ideas and have these themed kinds of get togethers. I can totally see the fun of that for a lot of people and the experimental nature of that, the play of it, the play factor there is huge. It's a lot of novelty. There's a lot of letting go and just mixing things up. If you fall on the side of, I would rather just get together and hang out and draw, I think that's totally doable too. And I still think this book gives you the inspiration and confirmation that it can really work and be really important and really valuable and not overly hard to do as long as you have the people. So the book chronicles 10 nights. For each night, you get the story of the night, an explanation of what they were going to do, and maybe how they were thinking about it in advance. You meet the guests that they invited, and then you follow along as the night unfolds, whatever the theme or approach is. You get some quotes as if you were there hearing what they were saying as they were talking through some of what they were doing. Lots of process photos. And then for each night, you get to see the final photos, how everything turned out for each of the people who were there. It's a really beautiful book. 
Super cool to see these nights unfold. Here are the core directions that they offer for creating a ladies drawing night. One, gather a group of friends to draw with. Two, have snacks and beverages on hand. And I'm just summarizing what they said. Three, lay out supplies and be prepared to share them. Four, pick a theme. Again, I'm going to say that that may or may not be the direction you take, but that is the direction of the book. Five, talk about the work as you go. And six, lay out the finished drawings at the end of the night. Looking at the book today in preparation for the show, I admired, again, the really beautiful photography. I look at these pages and I totally feel the zoo. These are beautiful still life moments, these vignettes. These are moments of community and creativity and friendship frozen in time meant they're beautiful. They're like a little tea party, but a creative tea party. It's just so, so pretty. It's so pretty. And the photographs definitely make you feel that way. There's more here than just drawing or creativity. For sure, when you look at these photos, you'll see that there is this pretty factor to all of it too. There's a stylization to it, but it really works. It definitely makes you really want to be in that moment, to recreate that moment, that level of tea party for your art. A table with books for inspiration and lots of papers and jars of paint and pens and pencils and markers and bottles of wine or cups of coffee or tea and little trays of nuts or spreads of cheese and crackers, little containers of flowers and jars of jam. There's something charming. It's fancy beautiful in these spreads. And you kind of want all of it. You take all of it in and you say, oh, I want that. It would probably look really different if the table was just covered with everyone's bags and clutter and pens and paper and mess. Maybe. Bottles of water. It's not going to come across quite the same. Maybe. Maybe it's just excellent photography. I don't know. But you want it. Create the scene. Cultivate the feeling. Embrace the decadence of it. It would all take effort to pull it off in this way. Takes going a bit above and beyond the minimum, I think, for just everybody coming with a pad of paper and a pencil. But it really, really, really is compelling. It really is beautiful. So here's a rundown of the drawing nights they include as models for the kinds of get-togethers you might try. They did invite guests to each of these, but you could just do these kinds of themed events with your core group of people or your friends. Five or six seems to be the right mix here, but you could do it with two or three. It depends. Some of the ones that are more collaborative might benefit from having a couple of extra people, but it depends on how well you know each other. How easy it is for all of you to get outside your comfort zone is probably key. First up, drawing on style. And that one has a focus on fashion, clothing, and the figure. Next was All Together Now, collaborative drawings. And for that one, they selected an assortment of themes at the beginning of this whole night. And then they designated a page for each theme. And then someone started the drawing for each page. And then they moved around and added to those pages. And they did use a set palette so that everything would kind of go together and coordinate but they were pretty loose about the rotations. It was pretty freeform. There are other ways you could conceptualize and do that kind of collaborative switching 
whether you use a timer or everybody rotates a certain way. Theirs was definitely fairly free, it looks like, but really interesting to see how those came out. And of course, their spread includes beautiful little trays of food, an assortment of gorgeous plants, a lovely long wooden table, long enough for all of these people to work at it at once, jam, and a palette of paint and paint water cups that ties in just perfectly with the photograph of their drawing night together. Yes, vignette, for sure. This would be a challenging night for a lot of people, this kind of collaborative, really whimsical, imaginative drawing where you just move from page to page. But with the right group, it can certainly be a lot of fun. Next up was Cut and Paste. That was a collage night. And then one called Pattern Play. And that was just fantastic. I really enjoyed seeing what they did on that night, how they did it, how the things came out. Those were individual, not collaborative pieces, but they all were doing them at the same time in the same process. I really thought that was a wonderful night. Then Cardboard City, which was a 3D night. Then one called Going Big, which involved using really large sheets of paper or Bristol board and large brushes and Sumi ink. I really enjoyed seeing what they did and what they created on that night and how they thought about and talked about working so big, which for some people is a really big leap. And for others, it's not really that big of a deal. It was definitely interesting to see that as a thematic night. So as you can see, some themes are the idea or topic, and some themes are the medium or approach. One night was spelling it out. That one was focused on lettering. The next was strike a pose, and this is a favorite, so I'm going to come back to it in just a minute. And then night on the town, they met in a local bar or restaurant and did some urban sketching. And then the last one in the book is called Kidding Around. And that one involves working collaboratively on a giant drawing with a group of kids. Ironically, given the way that I have talked about groups in this show, their work in that example was focused on a fantasy zoo theme. So it's kind of a funny and ironic connection. The end result of that one is great. It turned out really good. They definitely had some kids who were really into it. The skeptic in me kind of thinks that this probably wouldn't turn out so good with just every mix of kids and adults, but maybe, maybe, I don't know. The adults were definitely working alongside the kids, so I don't know. It could. If you are a creative mom with a kid or kids, definitely this is one to look at for a play date, a play date where the parents and the kids can all be creative at the same time. So that one has a lot to offer. You could certainly tie that into some kind of birthday theme, I'm sure. Going back to the strike a pose, because that one involved each attendee being the model for a set amount of time while everyone else drew her. And I really loved that one. It turned out great. It was fascinating to see and to see how they talked about it and thought about it and to see the photos from it. Many of you also recently read Danny Gregory's write-up of attending an urban sketching event that involved a very similar process, but on a much larger scale. At the event he went to, there were lots of people and they were broken down into groups. And so within a group, everyone spent time being the subject and everyone would draw that person and then they would rotate and keep going. And at the end, they lined up all their portraits of each person in the group. And it was this wonderful, wonderful process. 
being able to see all of these things, it was so fantastic. And they were doing fairly rapid drawings as well. So definitely this idea that you can have a portrait party, you can meet with a group and be the model and have everyone draw you. And then the next person's the model and you all draw that person. That's a really cool thing to do and try, especially if you have people who like doing portrait work or like doing urban sketching either direction you come into that from, it can really work. So I think that's a super cool one to consider. Danny's event seemed to be amazingly cool, amazingly intimidating as well, but definitely for a small group party, I can really see it working. So I flipped through this book again this morning before I got ready to do this. And like I said, the photos just really reach out and grab me. I really like how it's done. I like the eye that the photographer brought to the scene. And I realized that part of what speaks to me so loudly is all wrapped up in these photos. There's definitely a Clarissa Dalloway fixing a vase of flowers moment somehow. So I hope that you will be able to check out this book so that you can see what they did. And I hope that maybe you have some people that you can try some of these ideas with. I hope that you have some people. So there's a lot of hopes there, a lot of hopes and wishes for all of you. And for your creative balance and sanctity and life and feeling of it mattering. So I do hope you have that. If you don't, if you don't have anybody to do any of these things with, then I hope that you start poking around and seeing what's out there, who's out there. Maybe you have friends and maybe they would be interested if you just asked. Maybe It's as simple as going to the library or the coffee shop once a week and drawing together or journaling together or writing or whatever. You can do it by rotating houses. For some people, that would be a really bad way to approach it. It would make it too stressful. So maybe you already know people and it might work. Maybe you're in a group or on a list where you could put out a feeler and say, hey, would anybody else be interested in a weekly drawing group or a weekly collage group or a weekly art group. If you want to be random and do different things like have a carving night or a watercolor night or a gouache night, a marker night, if you want to do all these things, then what you're kind of looking for is an art group, a creative group where you can get together and do these cool things together and have fun and also be friends. I think both parts of it are what some of us are after. We don't just want to go to school. We want to have a group where we have connections. So you could put out a feeler and ask. If you're not part of a group where you can put a feeler out, maybe you're on a list like Next Door Neighbor. Or maybe you need to look at Meetup and see if there are groups already established in your area that might be open to you. So those are kind of the places to start. I am a hop, skip, and a jump from like a classified ad approach. Seriously. The sarcastic part of me keeps saying, yep, that's what I'm going to do a searching for or in search of kind of post. But really, you're going to have to poke around, but you're also going to have to get ready for it. You're going to have to mentally be ready to take that step, whatever that step is, wherever it might take you, whoever it might be with. So think through what you want and why, what you'd be comfortable doing. You know, do you just want to draw? Do you want to be freeform? Do you want to have themes? Do you want to do work together through a book, through a creative book like Syllabus, which I know many of you really enjoy or like Creative License or all kinds of books you could use as an anchor 
to really get a group started. Lots of things you could do in lieu of the real world or while you try to figure out the real world. I definitely encourage you to really be looking for and finding online connections and groups too, because I do think they're important. They break through some kinds of boundaries about time and space and even money. Some of the things that when you have to meet in the real world, those actually can be divides. So online, a lot of those things go away. When we have Sunday coffee, people show up all day long and that's okay. We didn't all have to meet at the same place at the same exact time. So definitely look for and proactively participate in your online groups. You may find that there are three or four people that you'd really like to have an even smaller group with. And I constantly think about that and think about that idea. You know, the kids all have their separate little chats and their separate text groups. They have them on Instagram. They have them on Snapchat. They have them at Facebook. They have them just through text or messenger. They have these little pullout groups where they connect. They use Discord. There's no reason you can't pull out a couple of you and take things further and really deepen those connections and those lines of support. All of us have examples and stories of where things go south and things go sour or things get misunderstood. Someone gets their feelings hurt. It happens. It does happen. But I hope that you're open enough to give your online groups a chance to see what you can get out of those and what you can give back to those. Definitely things have to work both ways online. I see a lot of times where that's not exactly how things go. And it is just a reminder that you do have to go both ways. You want to be seen, but you also need to help other people be seen. So hopefully you're in your spaces and your groups and you have these people that you feel a real connection with and you take the time to leave some comments. You also take the time to share or ask or give or tell all the ways in which you can help foster and nurture and nourish communities and friendships. Just food for thought. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for today. It looks like I had a lot to say. I don't know. Some weeks when I think it's going to be super short, it's really long. And some weeks when I feel like I have so much to say, it's super short. I don't know. So if you listened this far today, I'm really surprised. I almost thought I should break it up into two parts. And I had something to talk about in the second part. And in this moment, I have no idea what it was. I'll probably remember and then think, now I need to do a second show. So we'll see. I'm looking around, what can I give you as a secret word today? Because it just makes my heart warm to know some of you will listen. So I have to say the thing right in front of my eyes in this moment, this is not like a incredibly cryptic secret word at all, but there is a rainbow patch pinned up on my bulletin board in front of me right now. And so I'm going to go with rainbow. And it's just our little secret high five if you let me know that you heard it because I do appreciate it. And I do wish that I could sit and have coffee with some of you. And I know, I know some of you have said, I want to sit and have coffee and not talk. Let's just draw. I understand that too. I really do. I really do. As you can tell, maybe I'm assuming this is going to come through and how this sounds, but I do have something brewing and some kind of cold going on. So I apologize if things sounded odd. It definitely makes it even more breathy than usual because I don't have as much air, but I wanted to get this one out. I want to get back on track and I read this book and it was great. And I read a couple of books this week and they were all great. So 
this one was definitely one to share. I hope you can find it at the library. I hope you're able to find it. But I think you get the idea, no matter what. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Thank you to those of you at Patreon. Your support there really means a great deal to the show. Even a dollar a month really makes a difference. And I really appreciate those of you who are part of that community. You can learn more at patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.